When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply are real-life vampires. I I bring this up because it's Halloween. Yes. Uh, In New Orleans and Atlanta. Now, tell me if you don't fit this category, Snoop. Um, It's called There's a Vampire Court in New Orleans. And uh, it's about... Vampire uh, Court? Yeah. Here's the deal. Like People's Court? Human vampires live, and they're fairly far from the fictional creatures we recognize. Their interpretations of vampirism, that's a word, very widely, many of them feed off of energy, like Snoop does, or sexual encounters, which Snoop wishes. (laughs) But feeding (laughs) habits and fangs are really just the trappings of this community, really. Uh, The vampires of today, in essence, are people from different backgrounds with a common goal, belonging who have found community with their fellow vampires. So, that kind of sounds like you, Snoop. I'm a vampire. Really ca- yeah. Yeah. All right, you know, all right. I'm know a you're a simp. So, wow. so, are you a simp and a vamp? I'm, oh, there has to be some kind of combo word. I'll think about that. Yeah. You're a simp vamp or a vamp simp. <laughs> yeah, we'll you know. have to see. There's something, something there. Like something there. Okay. All right. Um, you guys uh, paid attention to the Powerball jackpot? Yeah. Snoop. My mom told me to buy a ticket. $1 billion tonight. $1 billion. You, you, take the, you take the lump sum, Snoop? Or you oh, yeah. Out? Yeah, and yeah, and I keep doing like the tower. There you go. This is only – I have a feeling you probably wouldn't if you won that much money. But anyway, uh, it, it's only the second time in the history – the 30-year history of the Powerball that it's hit a billion dollars, according to the lottery. Uh, the Saturday winning numbers were 19, 31, 40, 46, 57, with a Powerball of 23. Seven tickets. Now, get this. Seven tickets matched five numbers. So you got within one of getting $825 million. Didn't get it. Didn't get the Powerball. Six of the tickets won a $1 million prize. And one ticket sold in Florida won $2 million. By including the power play feature. So it's not like it was chopped liver. Still yeah. got a bill out of the deal. And just not a bill which you can get tonight. If somebody wins tonight's jackpot, it will be the second largest jackpot in Powerball history. The largest one was a, a billion and a half. 1.586 one in January of 2016. So, uh, you know, mark it down there, Snoop. You know, if, if you win it tonight, we'll expect not to see you tomorrow. No, I would definitely come in. I okay. would. I think I, I think I would. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. <laughs> okay. Um, got one other story here now. Uh, Snoop, you like, you would like to go to Disney World, right? Yeah, I would I like to go at one point in life. At some point, right? We're, we're debating on when do we take our young daughter. When she's old enough to appreciate it yeah, is, right. is usually the general answer on that. You probably won't be taking her to the Disney Resort in Shanghai, I'm guessing. That's not in the cards, no. Yeah, you know, maybe Orlando, maybe Disneyland, 
probably not Shanghai. Yeah. Well, you you definitely don't want to try to do it now. Shanghai's Disney Resort abruptly suspended operations today because of COVID issues. Um, and here's the deal. There were visitors in the park at the time, and they got locked in. Oh, nice. They're quarantined in the park. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. You're at Shanghai Disney World, but you cannot leave because you're in a covid park now. So at, a, at a 11.30 local time yesterday, they immediately shut the main theme park and the surrounding areas, including the shopping street, until further notice to comply with virus curbs. And the Shanghai government said on its official WeChat account that the park was barring people from entering or exiting and that all visitors inside the site would have to await the results of their test before they could leave. Nice. Can't leave till you get a negative test. But you can ride the rides. Uh, it says the theme park will continue to operate the rides for the visitors stuck in the park during the closure. So, you got to wait it out. <laughs> you got to get a negative test. But you can get back on Space Mountain, Shanghai style. That, uh, yeah, that's not... That doesn't work for me, brother. Hey, got plenty of rides available. Just can't leave. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave, or at least not until you get a negative test anyway. So there it is at Shanghai Disney. All right. Well, hopefully they have a nice hotel for them to stay in. You're not leaving the park. Mm. Not until you come up with a negative test, Snoop. You're going to sleep behind a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Fall asleep on, uh, on a ride, right? Yeah. All right. Hour number two coming. We will bring you Coach Sark's weekly news conference. It's due to happen right around the bottom of the hour, so stay with us. Hour number two of Light the Tower coming up here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, we're local and digital right here on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Studios. You're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK. KTAE AM Elgin. K270. This is Life the Tower here on the Horn 1049 1019 AM 1260. Glad to have you with us. Second hour of the program. Yeah, so we're talking Halloween. You got to throw some thriller in there, right? Mm -hmm. I was in college when this song was, and it was massive, as the album was, clearly. Also, for years, by the way, when both of my daughters were coming up through middle school, and they were black diamonds for a Henry Middle School's dance team there, uh, they uh, that was their routine, was the thriller thing. And so they had me do the PA for that, for the thing, it was time for the thriller. <laughs> and I could, I could never touch Vincent Price's laugh with it. But uh, anyway, we're glad, glad to have you with hour number two there, Snoop. You were always big in the whole thriller thing. Yeah, right? I thought it was cool. Uh, anything Michael Jackson. I mean, back in the day was cool. Like the video. Did you play the video games, Jeff, with Michael Moonwalker on Genesis? No, I didn't. Uh, I was a, I was a Nintendo kid up until about uh, probably ninety four ish, mm. ninety five, something like that. Yeah, but MJ was cool. You know, he was kid friendly. I mean, well, 
He wait, was, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? No. He was. Like back in the day. <laughs> Mark that. Yeah, that just became a promo there. Wow. Divine okay. kid friends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he was. Snoop, like, well, Snoop, what was your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, God. I guess um, Laffy Taffy's. Because they were like gum that you could actually eat, but they were better tasting than gum. I don't know. Yeah, Laffy Taffy. I wouldn't have expected that answer, but okay. I like Nothing all the candy, though. I mean, when I would get in trouble, like I said, one time I got suspended from school, I really got a, a big beating was because I would go into, uh, during recess, i go get candy off the teacher's desk. And then they busted me because I had wrappers all, all around my uh, desk. You didn't destroy the evidence, no. in other words. See, Craig, you know uh, you know this bit. When you've got a, a kid or kids and do the trick-or-treating bit, that's yeah. you can kind of be selective. Like, oh, make sure you grab a grab a couple of those. Uh-huh. It's like I have to personally inspect all fun-size Snickers to make sure they're safe, you know. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, all right. So, anyway, just did you have a favorite uh, Halloween candy? I can though? tell you what my favorite spare candy is. I heard Rod and Harge bagging on it last week. The you know the flavored Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. I mean they're pretty spare, but yeah. I lo- but I, I yeah I, love I loved them. The orange ones, the vanilla ones, vanilla, the, the little green ones, the lime flavored ones. Yeah, all of that. That's an acquired taste. The green one though, it tasted a little. Sour blue yeah. lime. <laughs> it's kind of almost like eating a that's, green that's, crayon. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite spare candy. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I hope it goes well for you on Halloween. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, Jeff is going to have uh, a Longhorn Notebook for hour number two. So we'll have that coming up. And then Sark's News Conference coming up at the bottom of the hour. In case you didn't hear it, again, as we mentioned last hour, the Texas TCU game a week from this Saturday uh, here at Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. We'll kick off at 6.30 in the evening. 6.30. It's got an ABC telecast, by the way. 6.30 in the evening for that one. All right. Longhorn Notebook is up next when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn. 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Make the cooler nights a whole lot Okay, after this, I'm going to do total mints. selection of wines, spirits, and finer foods is more acceptable. Well, if you're going to have another uh, Halloween or ghoulish bump back music, a return cut, I guess, uh, Gus, Ghostbusters. I remember hearing the song before the movie came out with Ray Parker. And I'm like, wow, sounds pretty cool. I wonder what the movie played. The original one we like. Beyond that, not so much. Yeah. Not so much Rick Moranis is brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I regularly use a uh, the, his line. When he asks people, are you the gatekeeper? Uh, and uh, I, I'll refer to somebody of power, and I'll say, that person is the gatekeeper and the key master. It's both there. All right, uh, speaking of gatekeepers, he is the gatekeeper of the Longhorn Notebook. It's Jeff, Jeff Hallis. Have Longhorn that. Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K. That's BowersockTeam.com. This will be a quickie. I just wanted to get to the line, Craig, for this game on Saturday against K-State. Right now it's looking, depending on the book you're looking at, anywhere from Texas, uh, Texas minus three to Texas minus one and a half. 
which yeah. is kind of strange considering Texas is going on the road and K-State's coming off of a 48 nothing win over Oklahoma State. But, uh, you know, interesting nonetheless. I know Texas was favored at Oklahoma State, and, again, that turns out what the, the thing we didn't know there was Oklahoma State was going to be without a lot of guys, a lot of guys that they were without going to Manhattan last week. <sighs> But at any rate, Texas, the early favorite, it looks like, according to the uh, the Vegas lines. These are the same uh, friends in the desert, as as Brent Musburger would say, who had Texas as, what, a six-point favorite going into Stillwater? Yep. Okay. Uh, I don't I, – you know, and, and I know why betting lines are set the way they are, so I know that. It's it's to engender action on both sides of the line. We yep. know that. That's just That's just how that is. Texas so. minus two and a half if you're looking at Caesar Sportsbook, which I think that's what we use at 24-7. Okay. CBS and ESPN, I think, uses that one also. So. Okay. Um, yeah. right, that's pretty much it. We'll hear from Sark here in a few minutes and get the ball rolling on game week. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, so there it is. And, and again, uh, Longhorn uh, Notebook, your, your uh, basketball notes, of course, the men and women both coming off the wins – uh, over the weekend in exhibition play. The men are done with exhibitions. Their uh, season opener is a week from tonight when they, they take on mm-hmm. UTEP, and that will be when they really start count for keeps. So the women have one more exhibition contest, and that's Friday night against Wayland Baptist uh, at uh, Moody Center, and, and uh, that's free admission there. All right, um, coming up next, it'll be Coach Sark's weekly news conference. We'll bring it to you live from here on the UG campus on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Ball Don't Lie with Rod Babers and Mike Harge. Joining us now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline is my man, and he is the legend, Chipper Jones. Fellas, I'm doing good. How are y'all? Oh, yeah, I meant to ask you. Horn, it's time now for the weekly news conference for uh, Longhorn head football coach Steve Sarkeesian here from the UT campus. And coming off the bye week and getting ready for the road trip up to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on the Kansas State Wildcats this Saturday night at 6 o'clock. So Saturday evening at 6 is for that. And now it's time to hear from Coach Sark. Wait on Craig. Craig, you good? You ready? All set. All right. <laughs> All righty. Um, well, it's great to be back at it. I think that um, we uh, – Took advantage of last week and one, getting healthy, which was one of the key components to what we wanted to do. Um, Two, start some preliminary game planning on Kansas State. And three, uh, really working on our developmental players. So I thought we accomplished a lot last week. Uh, I thought it was great to get out and recruit over the weekend, but also give our players a chance to kind of kind of hit the reset, recharge button. Uh, and, And it showed today. I thought we had a really good practice, really good intent, great energy. Um, and so that's a, it's a really good start to the week against a really good opponent. Uh, I think Coach Klein has done a fantastic job at Kansas State. Uh, they're talented in all three phases. Um, you know, these guys take care of the ball on offense. They create a bunch of turnovers on defense. Uh, they limit their penalties. Um, I think they play really good team defense. Um, you know, I think they've taken advantage of the transfer portal on their roster. It shows up at safety or at quarterback or at tight end. Uh, and they got some talented players offensively, uh, whether it's either quarterback that's in there has obviously shown the ability to move the ball. The runner, as we know, is a fantastic player. Both receivers are not only good uh, at receiver, they're great returners for them. Um, so this is a great task going on the road into a, a really cool environment. So uh, looking forward to it. 
Um, Steve, starting with that runner, what do you what do you think of Deuce Vaughn's game and what he brings to this Kansas City yeah, offense? I, I I like the way Deuce plays. You know, he's a really versatile back. Um, you know, they they do a really good job. They're creative with him, uh, not just you know running the ball, receiving the ball, moving him around. Um, he's got great you know balance and body control. Um, he has the ability to make you miss in tight quarters and keep his balance and get positive yards in, the, in a lot of their power run game. But yet, obviously, he has the versatility to take it the distance, as we saw last week. You know, he can outrun you. So uh, he's a guy that you definitely have to be aware of, number 22, where he is at all times. Is it too early to know Anthony Cook and Ryan Watts' availability? Yeah, I think it's probably a little too early. I think both guys are making really good progress for us right now. All, all of the guys that were banged up, um, I think we're, we're all moving in the right direction for everybody. Cool. And just to follow with, with Quinn, it, it was a good week to, to reflect. It's a rare one for you guys to actually exhale. From your perspective as a former quarterback that played at a high level, did you have any words of wisdom? He's had some highs. He's had you know a, a low. Do you have anything to talk to yeah, him about? My, my, my biggest thing for Quinn is it's like everything um, – and sometimes you have to learn it the hard way is that, you know, playing quarterback, like I've said before, you, when we win, he, you probably get too much credit. And when you lose, you probably get too much blame. Uh, and you have to be careful to ride that emotional roller coaster of the highs and the lows of the perception from the outside. And you need to go to work every single day um, and keep the noise quiet and know that, Myself, the coaching staff, the team is in the foxhole with him um, and that, that we'll go to battle with him every day. And um, I think that that's, that's the approach that he's had and will continue to have. But I just want to make sure that, hey, man, not every, not every Saturday is going to be a, a, a perfect sunny day and everything's going to go great. And there's going to be days where you got to battle and you got to fight and maybe you were not at our best, uh, but you continue to battle and compete. And I thought he did that two weeks ago. Uh, but I think he's got great days ahead of him, and I thought he put in a lot of good work last week. Coach, uh, are you preparing for both Kansas State quarterbacks or all three Kansas State quarterbacks this weekend? And I ask this every week, have you ever been to the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas, and your thoughts on what Bill Snyder has done with that program over the years? Um, yeah, we are preparing for both. We have to. Um, I think, you know, that, you know, obviously the style of player that, that Adrian Martinez is, uh, and the quarterback run game is a real factor in the success they had with him. Uh, and then obviously Will Howard and his ability to really throw the ball and push the ball down the field. So uh, we're fortunate, like I said, that we've had two weeks uh, to kind of prepare. We're able to get some extra reps on this. But, uh, you know, whichever guy plays, they're both good players. And, you know, they could both be healthy and they both could play. We don't know. So we got to be ready for both. Oddly enough, um, I have been to Manhattan, Kansas more than once. Um, I almost went to school there. Uh, took a visit with Coach Snyder, um, ended up going to BYU and ended up playing them my final college game in the Cotton Bowl, uh, BYU against Kansas State, and got a great note card from, from Coach Snyder after the game um, just about the ball game. So I think that just kind of you know exemplifies what that program is built on. There's a lot of integrity in the way they go about their business. I think they do it the right way. Um, and I think that started with Coach Schneider, and obviously Coach Klein has done a great job of continuing that, uh, that process. So, yes, I've been there. I went back there uh, as a coach with USC. Uh, I think that was 02, maybe. Um, Darren Sproles got the best of us. I think it was Sproles at that time. So, yeah, I've been there a couple times. Great environment for college football. 
Steve, in that uh, K-State, Oklahoma State game, they threw a touchdown pass on fourth and 10. They went for it on fourth down three times. A um, little out of Kleiman's nature, but can you just talk about the kind of message that coaches can send to their players when they, you know, take that kind of aggressive approach? Well, I think, you know, I think it goes both ways. You know, when it, everybody likes to go for it on fourth down. You know, I hear it in the stands at DKR every home game. It's like, go for it, you know, and when you go for it and you get it, it's awesome. You know, we're the smartest guys in the world. Um, when you go for it and you don't get it, yeah, what a what a dummy! Well, why'd you do that? You know. So, but that's part of being the coach and making those tough decisions. But I do think it sends a really good message to your team that you believe in them. Um, but there's times when the right thing is to do is to punt the ball or to kick the field goal and play good defense or play really good on special teams. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's a rhyme or reason to why they they do what they do. There's analytics involved. There's gut instincts involved. There's the emotion and flow of the game that's involved, and you got to make those tough calls. But you know, I had a chance Saturday to watch a lot of college football, and I had a chance yesterday to watch a lot of NFL football just with the, the way our week went. Um, and it sure seems like people are being more aggressive uh, with their fourth down decision-making, decision um, and you see the benefit of it. But I also see when it doesn't work, you know, what it does to you. And so, um, again, you got to have a good plan for fourth down, whether you're on offense or defense. And... Yeah, I think ultimately you got to make sure that you're thinking big picture. It's not about that one play as what does the impact of that have on the game and on your own players, to your point. So, hey, they, they had a good plan. It worked. Um, I don't think that's the reason they won the game. I think three turnovers helped. Uh, I think explosive plays helped. Uh, but they did a heck of a job. That was a good win for them Saturday. Hey, Coach, kind of a big quick picture uh, question here. You know, uh, you guys have, you know, obviously the three losses, you know, the season, but the last one, you know, Quinn struggles, but you only lose by seven. You know, you lose by, you know, three versus Tech when an unforeseen fumble happens. And, of course, by one point versus Bama. So when you start thinking about this home stretch, do you still feel like your team is in a good place in order to kind of compete for a, for a title and kind of go for the big picture stretch? You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I, I do. Um, I feel good about our team. Like I said, I, I think that we've played a lot of good football. Um, I, I feel like we've been a little unfortunate when we, we haven't been at our best. It's become, it's gotten magnified to some degree and, and it's hurt us. Uh, but I think that we've played good football. I think that we've got a team that's committed to, for, this, for this final month of the season. Um, but we have to be cautious not to look down the road. We've got to focus on this game and we've got to handle our business this week and it's going to be a heck of a game. It's a great challenge. Uh, it's a good football team uh, that is playing at a high level right now. Um, but I'm, I'm, I like where our team is at. I could tell just today at practice, and you guys know me, I, I don't mind commenting on practice. Today was a tremendous practice. The intent, the energy, the way we went about our business, um, the focus by the players, um, that's a really positive sign on a Monday uh, for where we need to be come Saturday at 6 o'clock. See, how beneficial was that bye week and – did you see an extra spark uh, today in practice from your guys? Yeah, I think the bye was, was, was really beneficial. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to a season. I think, one, I think the guys were a little fatigued after eight straight games um, plus training camp. And so we needed to kind of recharge the batteries on, on some of the guys. But it was also good for a lot of our younger players to get a lot of quality reps during last week's practice. Um, some guys that we may be counting on here uh, the final month of this regular season. So for those guys, it was really positive. 
I think it was a great opportunity for us as a staff to really self-assess and self-scout kind of what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, there's sometimes you go into a season and you think you're going to be really good at a scheme or, or, or a personnel grouping and it plays out that way and you are right, good. And there's other times where it's not, you're not getting kind of um, the reward back on what you've, the investment you've made. And now we've got to shift gears a little bit. So I think on a lot of levels last week was, was really good for us, but probably the biggest thing that came out of it for me, when you think about the way our week went last week coming to today was the spark in practice today. I felt like the guys were definitely energized. There was real intent um, the speed of practice was better. And to me, uh, that, that's probably the most beneficial factor of it all. With the struggles that you've had on the road, is there anything at this point that you change or do you feel like you just stick to what you're doing? And, and have you noticed is any common theme with, with some of the, the issues you've had on the road? No, I mean, the common theme is us getting a, a little outside of ourselves when adversity strikes late in the ball game, uh, when, when fourth quarter rolls around. I mean, I felt pretty good going into the locker room in Stillwater last week and coming out of the locker room. And for whatever reason, you know, things didn't go our way and we didn't quite play to the level that I know we're capable of playing. Uh, didn't quite make the plays that I think we're accustomed to making. Um, but I, I think the, the preparation going into the ball game, I feel really good about. I feel really good about the guys executing the plan when we get in those moments. Uh, I think ultimately, um, we have to do a really good job of a staff of continuing to instill confidence in our players that, that they're in the right position to go make the plays that we want them to make. Uh, and I think we'll do that. You know, we've got a mature group that wants to do it the right way. Uh, I think we've come a long way in a year's time. Um, and now this, this last stretch of the season going on the road uh, this week into in a really good environment, I think is going to pay dividends for us to, uh, to play the type of football needed uh, in this environment. Coach, I don't, I don't know how you watched K-State if you did live as a, you know, just a football fan, but when you see your next opponent play that well at some point, do you go, wow, this is really impressive, or are you thinking as a coach and just, you know, kind of watching schemes and things like that? Uh, probably both. Um, I was actually watching it with my son, which was kind of fun. You know, he's a football player, and he's pointing things out, and I'm pointing things out, and... Um, on both sides, you know, about things we saw from Oklahoma State from, compared to a week ago and whatnot. But I think in the end, you know, we already knew they were a good football team. Uh, I think they went out and showed it. And I thought one thing that was very impressive is they capitalized on the opportunities they got in the game. You know, they got turnovers. They got turnovers when they needed it in the red area. Uh, they created explosive plays, whether it was a little bit of a broken play or a really cool designed run. Um, and I thought they used the momentum in the game and the crowd and took advantage of it, uh, it, was, it was a really good game. Uh, I could tell you this from a coach's perspective, I'd much rather that that outcome was that way than the other way around going to play that opponent. Because from a psyche, from our player standpoint, um, I think to a man, anybody that watched the tape, that got their attention. You know, we're, we're getting ready to go play a really good team on Saturday. Obviously, you know, um, Jordan and uh, Xavier have been really consistent for you all this year. You know, still kind of waiting for that third receiver to emerge. You know, what have you seen from guys like, you know, Casey, Tariq, even Brennan over the bye week as, as they try to maybe become that third receiver for you? Yeah, I think, I think you know, one thing that I think the reality of it is to, to play really good football, whether you're on offense, defense, special teams, whatever your role is, you got to fight for consistency. 
And I think that's one of the things that that third receiver spot that, that we just have struggled to get is a, is a really consistent player in, in his role and, his, in, in his, what is asked of him to go do. Um, it's, it's not about one play. Right. If you're in there for 10 or 12, it's for those 10 or 12 that you're in there, you know. And so that's the challenge and that's what we're striving for. I think all those guys are working for that. They're, they're trying to get that done so that they can be a solid contributor to the team. Um, we're fortunate that we've got enough variation personnel grouping wise that we don't have to rely solely on that. We can use multiple tight ends, multiple running backs and things uh, to offset that. But I think that's the goal. And we're going to need that here over the last month is finding a, a really consistent contributor uh, to be that third wide out or a multiple guys that can fill in that void, um, you know, when it's called upon. Sark, I know you mentioned getting a look at young guys during the bye week. Is there anybody that you feel like put themselves in a position to where they, they can contribute or anybody that you just kind of like the progress they continue to make? Yeah, no, I, th I think there's been a lot of guys, you know. Um, I think that, uh, you know, DJ Campbell's been making steady progress. I think it showed he went in the game in Oklahoma State and I thought played pretty good football for us. Um, I think Cam Williams is a guy who's made good progress up front. I've been really proud of Jaden Blue. I mean, I think he's come a long way from, a, from the running back perspective. Um, you know, defensively, I think Jare Bledsoe was a guy who was really starting to grow into his own um, there. You know, obviously, we've got a lot of young DBs running around that, that are getting better and growing. So I hate leaving guys out, and I, I should be remiss. I, I thought Malik Murphy had a really good practice, you know, pra a week of practice last week. So, um, you know, it's hard. I think they've all made steady progress. I don't think anybody has digressed or just remained the same. I think they've all... Uh, gotten better, um, but I do think some guys have started to, to show up a little bit more than others. For, for a lot of guys on this team, November's not really been about title contention, but bowl contention and a lot of other things. Is there, is there something that you have to really emphasize when you do have a chance to go and play in Arlington and, and make sure that's their focus instead of all, all the other things that they've been focused on in November? Well, I think I think the biggest thing that we try to do and you know, like I said, I, I've been fortunate to be on some pretty good teams, be part of some pretty good teams and programs. And I think the, 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 the challenge is not to focus on December 3rd. It's to focus on this week and not get caught looking down the road, but give this week all of the attention that it deserves. Um, and I think that's what the best teams do. They, they, they focus on the task at hand. They focus on what's right in front of them. Um, and I think that I think our team is doing that really well right now. I don't, I don't think they're worried about what the outcome or the results will be a month from now or so. I think they're focused on playing a really good football team on the road Saturday night uh, and what's going to be needed to, to go in there and get a win. And that's, that's where their focus is. I, don't, I really don't think it's down the road, and that's a credit to them. Um, I think we've got some great leaders that have really bought into that and have been the ones that have been the catalyst kind of pushing that message. Steve, the, uh, in having a chance to look back at it, your offensive line established itself against Iowa State. You were able to run against the best run defense in the, in the league. Was there anything you saw in the Oklahoma State game, or do you, you feel like at this point in the season that's a line that can go out and pound the rock? Yeah, I, um, I like the vernacular, pound the rock. That was cool. I write that on my call sheet every once in a while. Um, I feel very confident in our offensive line and their ability to run the ball. Um, and it's not just the O-line. It's the tight ends. It's the backs. It's everybody involved. 
you know, I, I thought we ran the ball pretty well against Oklahoma State, um, who was a good run defense as well. Um, I think if anything, you know, I, I, I blame the play caller for, for some, why some of those runs didn't hit the way I would have liked. I don't know who that guy is, but um, because I would have liked to have kind of maneuvered the runs a little bit better than I did. And so um, I have a lot of belief in those guys. We've got good runners. We've got a, a, a physical offensive line. We've got good tight ends. Um, and, you know, I think when you're in November, you know, especially depending on climates and where you go and what it looks like, you know, I think you have to have the ability to run the ball and, and stop the run defensively. And so uh, I feel very confident that, uh, that we can do that, you know, depending on how games go, that we have the ability to do it. Steve, going back to the, the young guys, is there something you do as a coaching staff to kind of help the guys at this point of the season where, you know, in years past, maybe their seasons are ending, they're not used to playing deep into November just because of what the way the high school season goes? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking around. These high schools, are they play forever, it feels like to me. Um, I know that I know the the Texas kids shoot when I when I got the job here I think they might have played into January at, at, at that first year and then last year they go they play for a long time so I don't know that anymore I think the high schools now play a pretty long schedule you know and they, and they go at it for a while um, so I, I think our guys are good you know we don't do anything extra special for them to, to kind of keep them engaged last week was just more it was about them and developing them um, but nowadays. You know, I almost feel like FBS college football is the one that has the shortest season of them all comparatively to FCS, NFL, high school. You know, everybody complains that we can't have a playoff in college football with more teams because it's going to take away from school. But yet FCS does it throughout the entire month of December and into January. High school kids do it all all season long. NFL does it into February, but, but we're the ones that don't. So I, I feel like our kids are fine. They're used to doing it. Okay, the uh, shared tunnel became a problem at uh, Michigan this week. I'm just, and I know you guys do it at the Cotton Bowl. I don't know where else it shows up during the course of the season. I'm just wondering if, when you've got a situation like that, if there's any words for the team before they go in, and have you had a, any bad experiences with the shared tunnel? Well, I think, I think one of the challenges, you know, you got to make sure everybody's on board from your strength staff, uh, your security staff. Um, I try not to put too much into that where that starts to take away from the game, that it's about what the other team is doing in the tunnel. Uh, but it, to me, it's about respecting us, respecting the game, respecting your opponent. We all want to be hard and tough and physical and, and put it out there on the grass. I recognize emotions and, and tempers can run high on the field, and I think that's the hard part when you're in the same tunnel. If some of those things spill over, uh, it spill over into that. It was not a great scene, not a great scene for college football. Obviously, not a great scene last night in the NFL uh, in that ball game. Um, so I think we've all got a, a part to do. You know, like I say it all the time, we've got a beautiful game. You know, and I and I get it. You know, emotions have run high. It's not the first time there's ever been, you know, a scuffle in a tunnel before. Okay, I mean it's probably been going on for a hundred years. Um, but the reality of it is we've got to be mindful of that, and we've got to make sure that we've got our people deployed properly so that we can get people up and down the tunnel like we do at, uh, at the Cotton Bowl. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. Thank you. Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian with the weekly news conference here on the UT campus. I interesting uh, points, in addition to the obvious things that folks were 
curious about health of the team uh, and talking about uh, Ryan Watts and Anthony Cook. They're going to be day-to-day this week. Said it was a little too early to uh, ultimately decide uh, their status for Saturday's game against Kansas State. They'll monitor those guys during practice as well. Uh, but also, uh, and it was a question Jeff Howe asked uh, with regard to some younger guys getting an opportunity to show uh, what they could do in practice, because that was something that Sark also pointed out, was that in addition to giving the team the rest that they needed and uh, some, uh, you know, healing some bumps and bruises and then able to get back to some quality work, that quality work also included some of the younger guys getting a chance to continue to show what they could do. And he singled out Jaden Blue, the running back uh, from Klein Kane, the freshman, as, as one of those guys. But there were several guys, he said, that stepped up and, and showed some things, some of the younger guys. So it was beneficial from that perspective as well as being beneficial overall uh, for uh, this football team to go through the bye week, go through the open date, and then to get ready for the game against Kansas State, as he mentioned, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. I uh, was asked about small very impressed with how uh, dudes can hurt you in so many ways, both running the football, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. He also uh, pointed out uh, some of the other things that they, they will need to be wary of preparing for both quarterbacks, whether it be Will Howard or if they do, if Kansas State does get Adrian Martinez back on the field. So those are those are some of the other things they're talked about. And, and all of that was a part of the news conference. Also, again, uh, to repeat in case you did not hear, in addition to the fact that the Longhorns have a night game this week, 6 o'clock at night, it'll be a night game the following week, the return here at Arrow K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium to take on the T.C. Horn Frogs has a 6.30 kickoff. That'll be a 6.30 kickoff, and it's an ABC telecast for that. So after uh, several of those daytime games, 11 a.m. kicks, 2.30 kick there in Stillwater, back-to-back night contest, 6 o'clock at night uh, this Saturday, of course, and our, our, our game day coverage begins uh, our Longhorn game day coverage begins at 2 o'clock this Saturday afternoon and the kickoff at 6 o'clock from Bill Snyder Family Stadium in Manhattan at 6. The following week, 6.30 kickoff back home at Darrell K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. So there's the uh, recap and uh, the run out, if you will, of the news conference today here with uh, Coach Sark. Hey, uh, one other, uh, before we get done here as we're, we're wrapping up the program here, um, we mentioned this back in the first hour of the program when we were doing, uh, before we get done, Snoop, can we have a the Flex 30 sounder? Because we didn't get a chance to get to it before this deal. So uh, I think it's Flex ATX uh, that we for the best to high school this. sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, uh, there's a couple of things I, I, I want to get to here uh, before we get done and wrap it up here with our Flex 30 update. One of those is an adjustment on the rushing total uh, for Cedric Alexander, and um, it was it was uh, tweeted out by Thomas Jones, the Austin American Statesman, and I know where this discrepancy comes from. Uh, according to uh, Thomas's tweet, and I'm sure he got it also from the LBJ staff, Cedric Alexander's total last week was not 195 rushing yards as we had, and what we initially thought was made, it was 174. 
I know where, where the difference is. The difference in that is going to be on those two runs that Cedric had that were partially nullified by penalties. So as a, as a result of that, uh, that, that took away 21 yards run. Now, NCAA official stats would go ahead and have that rushing yardage, and then you subtract the penalty. But apparently that's been uh, just removed entirely. It's of little consequence, really. Cedric Alexander is 66 yards away from the rushing record. He'll probably get that all-time AISD career rushing record on Thursday night against Crockett in a game uh, that you can hear on 105.3. The bat, again, the official total right now listed, uh, he is 66 rushing yards away from that record. Okay, that's one uh, Flex 30 high school update note to you. Here's the other ones, and it's just come down from the UIL. Uh, that, and we talked about this last hour that this might be coming, and it has come down. Duncanville High School's boys and girls basketball team have been sanctioned by the UIL. Uh, the girls program for this year, they will be ineligible for the playoffs this year. It has to do with uh, recruiting issues uh, or, or perception and possible recruiting issues where there were some open tryouts for the, their girls program where there were players trying out who were in the Arlington and Mansfield school districts who were actually trying out for Duncanville's girls teams. That was part of the problem. The boys team has been stripped of its state championship from this past spring, and it has to do with uh, recruiting issues with several other players, including Anthony Black, the guy we just saw on the floor for Arkansas against Texas on Saturday. So there it is. There's your um, Flex 30 update. And uh, that's going to wrap up today's program. So we're going to wrap it up from here on the UT campus. Invite you to stay tuned. Up next. Chad and Zay will take you through. They'll have the recap also of the Sark News Conference. We'll also have uh, an update on that coming up in the uh, Craigwayport Report this afternoon. We will be back in the studio tomorrow. Jeff and I will both be there. Uh, thanks to Patrick Davis, our engineer here uh, on the ninth floor at uh, DKR for the News Conference. And, of course, thanks to our producer back in the Horn Studios, and that is Snoop Daniel. For Jeff Howell, I'm Craig White. Thanking you for joining us, inviting you to stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next, and we'll visit with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock right here on Light the Tower. Fall means water heater care.